because we had been friends so long, I kept shrinking myself to stay friends. Mm. Even though I knew that it was a challenge, I kept shrinking myself to stay friends. Now I'm expanding because they're no longer in my life. Black women are tired. In a world that constantly demands more from Black women, I am giving Black women permission to join me in actively opting out of societal expectations that are weighing us down. The Black Women Opt Out is more than just a podcast. It's a movement towards owning our freedom, reclaiming our time, and opting in to softer expectations for ourselves. Join me, Deandra Coleman, on this transformative journey as I explore insightful conversations, practical strategies, and inspiring stories that resonate with your soul. Welcome, everybody, to the Black Women Opt Out. I am Deandra Coleman, your host, and today we have an extraordinary talent in Diamond Williamson. She is the founder and CEO of Third and Wonder Production House, the go-to media and production company for Black women and Black culture, specializing in branded documentary and unscripted formats. She's created hundreds of videos for notable clientele like the Oprah Winfrey Network, Google, Warner Brothers, Essence, and more. The multi-hyphenate thrives in her ability to tell authentic, innovative, and quality visual (laughs) stories. Diamond's mastery and passion is evident through her diverse professional experiences and the content she creates, like Webby Honoree Competition Series, Biz Bestie Showdown, original documentary, Best Friends Not Forever, and the highly praised podcast, Creative Women Wanted. Her continued goal is to build community and produce entertaining, empowering, and relatable art for Black women. Diamond, I am so excited to have you here today. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. So please introduce yourself. I know I just read your fabulous bio, but introduce yourself to the audience. Let everybody know kind of how you got into this work and your love for storytelling. Yeah, I like to say that I'm a human first, I'm an artist second, and I am a storyteller. Um, my bio is able to, uh, you know, my bio, my bio shares all the things that I've done, but I really am a human and I really like, I'm really, my work is really based on my humanity. Mm-hmm. Um, I started this work because I was going through my own healing process. I was Um, watching the Oprah Winfrey show. I was watching Super Soul Sunday and I was like, you know, I love the way this is making me feel. I like that this is teaching me something. I like that it's like making my mind like, I like that it's blowing my mind because she was talking uh, to the author of um, The Untethered Soul. And that was when I knew, okay, yeah, I want to make things like this. Mm -hmm. And so that's when I got serious about being in the industry because when I, growing up, I, I wanted to be on television, but at some point it didn't feel realistic anymore. So I um, went into interior design, but then eventually I got back around to it because I I started watching Super Soul Sunday. So that really got me into creating my own shows on YouTube. And I was able to leverage that to Uh start my work in television. And it's really been, it's really been a journey since then. 
Yeah. Um, I know that world of interior design well. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it is one that I was in also and then left. Yeah. Um, and so, but it, it sounds like there has always been some level of creativity within you Absolutely. and it's just expressed through different mediums. Absolutely. I'm an, I'm an artist. My grandmother was an artist. Mm -hmm. I think my mom has artistic ways, but I mean, I was going to art camp mm -hmm. um, when I was seven, when I was eight, when I was nine, I was going to art uh, workshops with my grandmother in middle school and in high school. So I am absolutely an artist. Absolutely. Yeah, I love that. So let's talk a little bit about your latest project. Um, it's Best Friends Not Forever. I think I first came across the Best Friends Not Forever post on LinkedIn. And I immediately stopped in my tracks because the title was so captivating and I was like, I need to know more, you know? So tell us how this idea of best friends not forever came about. Um, well, I've experienced friendship breakups before. I think it was something that um, at first I was kind of like, okay, well, we're done being friends. You know, I kind of had to deal with the pain and everything and just move along. Mm -hmm. But I had a friendship breakup last year um, of a long-term friend. And we were, we were also a part of a friend group and it affected me differently. Like I did, I could, it was so, it was just hard for me, this particular breakup. And I couldn't talk about it with the friends in my group because mm -hmm. nobody wanted to make space for me. Everybody wanted to stay out of it. And, mm -hmm. and that was hard for me and I needed a place to talk about it. And so I would talk to my, my friends outside of the group about this friendship breakup. And the more that I started to talk about it in therapy and the more that I would talk about it with my friends, I realized that, Oh, other women want to talk about this. Yeah. Like, other women want a space to talk about this. And so that is really what sparked it. And it really sent me on a healing, a healing journey that I had, unlike anything I have ever had, because in the process of making the film, I'm talking to people, I'm interviewing people and I'm learning and healing through their experiences. So it really came from my own experience. Yeah. And one of the reasons why I wanted to talk to you about this is because opting out of a friendship is so devastating oftentimes. I mean, it is like a divorce, you know, especially if you've had this friend in your life for multiple, multiple years, you know, and it's, it's extremely devastating and the effects of it last a lot longer than I think even a breakup sometimes with a, with a romantic partner. Yeah, absolutely. I definitely think it's, it depends, right, on the type of friendship that you had. I mean, this person, we had been friends for so long. We would we, we attended birthday dinners every year. Like, mm -hmm. she did my hair. Like, we have this friend group, you know. I went to her daughter's birthday parties. It, it, we, were, we were just really intertwined in each other's lives. So it was, really, it was really, really hard. And I think seeing the friend group and how they reacted to it also made me look at the friend group differently. Too. Mm -hmm. I think, and not just how, not just in seeing how they moved, but also in learning more about myself through the breakup, I realized, you know, the type of people that I needed in my life. Right. Yeah. And I, so, so I was going to say that in, in my own friend breakup, um, <clears throat> this was a friend whom I've had since I was a year old. 
we were 20 years deep into this when we hit college, right? Like we were deep into this friendship. Um, grew up really as sisters. Our moms were friends. We went to the same dancing school, the same church. Like, you know, it was she and I always. Um, and our older brothers were best friends too, right? So it was just like, it, it was a thing. Um, and I went away to college and she got engaged to her longtime boyfriend and I was maid of honor naturally, right? Like it just was a no brainer. And I remember just being so excited to be her maid of honor. And um, I would travel back and forth between New York and Maryland where I was in school and you know, whatever was happening, I was there. Even throughout college, you know, if she was having a pool party, I'd go back home to New York and I was there, right? Like all of these things, no matter what, DeAndra is going to be there, right? And then one day after I had graduated from college, so now, you know, I'm, I'm away from home now four years, right? And, or four plus years. And she mentions to me that she was coming to, she, to DC, right? Which is right outside of Maryland to DC for a conference. And she doesn't say anything about us like getting together or anything of the sort. Mm -hmm. And when I tell you that I lost it, like she had never come to visit me in college. All of the stuff that I would have here, she would never come to. And so then to hear that she's coming for something professionally and then not be like the girl, bring your swimsuit, right? Like yeah. we in this weekend. It just lit this fire in me of understanding who she was and who I was and the type of friend that I now needed in my life, right? It was okay when we were younger, we were always seeing each other in some capacity. Um, and then through college, I kind of was okay being the one who would just go back home because I was like, it's home. You know what I mean? I get to kill two birds with one stone, but I realized that it felt like it was a one-sided friendship and I was no longer okay with that. And long story short, we tried to kind of, mend things and fix things. But it got to the point where a month before her wedding, I pulled out. Because mm -hmm. I went home once again for something for her wedding to do the dress fitting and all of this stuff. And, you know, I was about to spend more money on being a maid of honor. And I just, she was coming to pick me up to go to the dress fitting. And I sat in her car and we cried. And I said, I, you don't want somebody standing next to you on your day who feels the way that I feel about you right now. Mm. Like I can't be that person, you know, that's lifting your skirt while you're using the bathroom, but I have all of this pent up resentment towards you. Mm. And so we, we broke up that day. It was, it was, and it still hurts me to this day. I still love her deeply to this day. If she were to ever call and say, Deandra, I need something, I'm there. I will do it. You know, um, and we tried at one point once we both had kids, because it was like, dang, we have kids and they don't know each other. But it just never got back to where it once was. And it was devastating. But to your point, knowing who you need in your life during certain moments is really important. Yeah, yeah. And I, I feel I feel like, well, thank you for sharing that. Yeah. You know, I, I'm so sorry that 
anybody has to go through this type of loss, like especially like grieving someone who's who's still alive and who's still like mm-hmm. going about their life. Mm-hmm. Um, I know for me it was really challenging because like even though I'm the one who made who um, who ended the friendship, you know everyone just ignored how I might feel about it. You know, like ignore, didn't care that I might be sad, but as a result, I actually kind of left the whole friend group. I I ended up breaking up with two more friends and then one of, and then an additional friend, she never called me anyway. So I was like, cool, I'm Mm -hmm. I'm not going to call you. Mm -hmm. So I actually ended up ending friendships with four people as a result of this. Um, but the way it's crazy because like although I feel sad at times, I feel lighter. I feel more like myself. I realized that because we had been friends so long, I kept shrinking myself to stay friends. Mm-hmm. Even though I knew that it was a challenge, I kept shrinking myself to stay friends. Mm-hmm. And so now I'm expanding because yeah. they're no longer in my life. Yeah, I mean, case in point, you have this amazing documentary that's the result of this, right? Exactly. That is not expansion. I don't know what is. Hello, I'm so thankful for it. And it's like the women that it's allowed me to connect with because like we've done these screenings and um, I just, we'll get on the virtual Zoom or whatever and Black women will immediately start talking about their own experience and we're all strangers to each other. And so for this for this documentary to create such a vulnerable, like a vulnerable space or like encourage women to be like, yo, this is how I feel. This is my experience. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. Like, it's like, thank you. It's like, it's like, it was destined for my friends not to talk to me about the breakup because God was like, you got other people to talk to. Right. Right. I've set up a whole line of people that's going to relate to you. Hello. Um, And it's so, I, I just think that this topic is so, um, Taboo isn't the word, but it's just not talked about, right? Like friendship breakups is just one of the things that they they happen every day, but people don't really assign um, significance to it. And like you said, it's a grieving process that you have to go through for somebody who, you know, you might run into at the grocery store if you live close enough or whatever the case might be. Um, and so having other women or, or people in general, just to kind of relate and to talk to about these experiences um, is, is truly a blessing, you know, especially if it's a choice that you made to end it. Mm-hmm. You, and, and I think this is what I'm hearing from you. You shouldn't be the victim in this. Absolutely. You right? know, what, you know what it is like? I got tired of betraying myself. My body was like, girl, I don't like this. I don't like them. I don't want to be around them. My body was like, literally, I, like when I look back, I remember being so anxious around mm-hmm. them. And so I know that my part in the friendship breakup is that I stayed too long. Wow. I stayed too long, you know, cause like everybody has responsibility, right? Like I don't put a hundred percent blame on them. What mm-hmm. I do realize is that the people in the group, um, not all of them, but the ones that I decided to end with, they were always who they were. I changed. I evolved. And so I had to bounce. Mm -hmm. It was no longer for me, you know, but I, 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 before this, I had an attachment, uh, an attachment to longevity. And I think that also helped me like exploring that, you know, Mm -hmm. really made me realize like, that's why I stayed a long time too. Cause it's like, it's cool to say you've been friends for 14 years. Yeah. That's, that's something. 
you know, an attachment to longevity, not necessarily an attachment to the person, right? It's this attachment to being able to say, yeah, like that's my ace. That's yeah, we've been friends for a long time. We did this. I really valued that as an only child, as a military kid. Like I moved around. So I always thought it was cool when people had friends for a long time. I thought it was cool. So it was a value that I then had for myself. And so that is why, um, yeah, I valued having friends for a long time. Wow. 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 So one of the things that I do in my work with Black women is <clears throat> developing their core brand values. Mm -hmm. And the women who come to me are in this transitional phase in their life, right? So, so a lot of them are ready to opt out of whatever is no longer serving them, whether it's career transition or what have you. But I always boil it down to core brand values and how they can shift and change as you shift and change as Hello. a woman. Hello. And so who you were yesterday does not have to be who you are today or tomorrow. You can change three times in a week. I don't really care. But it's honoring the, that value system. But also what you did, it seems like, is, is taking inventory of whether that value is serving you anymore. anymore. Hello. Yes. And it's, you know, it's crazy because I didn't realize that that's what I did until after. Mm -hmm. I just... And I, but I love what it's what it's taught me because I just knew at the time I just got to get out of this. Yeah, I just got to get out of this, right? But it has awakened me to so much, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And that's a testament also to listening to your body. Your body's gonna tell you. Oh my gosh! And my body was like, "Girl, you've ignored me long enough. Like, <laughs> we don't like it. This it's too much. You no, know? but I think the I think there's a huge part in this that really encouraged me to end this friendship was I had moved away. Mm -hmm. So I had moved from Atlanta to California. And so mm -hmm. I have all of this space in my in my mind and in my life to be like, what do I really want? Because now I'm no longer obligated to go see them. I can I don't have any attachment to them in the in terms of proximity. So mm -hmm. I got to be like, oh. I don't need this. Mm -hmm. I, and I'm so thankful for that. Like I had a very different intention even when I when I moved to to California from Atlanta, but God was like, sis, no, this is one of the lessons I need you to learn. Yeah. And I'm I'm thankful for it. Um there's something to be said for listening. Mm -hmm. Um, because like even in my story, and this was 20 years ago now that this happened, right? But even as a 20-something, a young 20-something-year-old back then, my, my body, right, my mind, my spirit more so was telling me in all of the times I would go back and something ain't right. Like she's not reciprocating mm -hmm. her friendship the way that you need to receive friendship. And, you know, it was something that I didn't realize when I was in high school and before, because like I said, we were always just around each other because our families were, right? But as it evolved into us being young adults, the choices that were being made, it, it was, there was no reciprocity there. Mm -hmm. It was love for sure. I would never doubt that she loved me. You know, it wasn't that but it was a level of commitment and reciprocity for both sides that just wasn't happening. 
And I, you know, I, I didn't listen to, I probably didn't know at that age to listen to myself, you know, like, like nobody knows at 20 something, you know, years old to really stay in tune with what your mind and your body is telling you. But now, you know, I think that so many instances have happened in life, not just in terms of friendships, but everything where it's like when you hear God talking to you through whatever avenue, right, your body, your mind, it could be other people telling you certain things, to take a moment of pause and be still yeah. and listen. Oh, my God. Like, I feel like that's one of those things where it's easier to say than do, but once you do it, like, it's like you get why people say it. Yes. Yeah, white people say it. Yeah. I agree. You know, when when I decided to go on this personal opt-out journey that I'm on currently, it was because I, I was in a dark place, heavy. Like life was just heavy coming at me from all areas. And I am a control freak. If I don't have a plan, if I don't know what's coming next, I am a mess. I don't operate well in gray area. I need I need plain, plain. Give me black or white and I am good. I can figure it out. Right. But gray yeah. area and I, we don't. <laughs> oh. My partner's like that. She's a Libra. So I get really? it. Yeah, I'm a Taurus, but I don't know. But I just can't. I can't. Right. I need structure. I need security. These are the things that I need. And life was not giving me any of that. Right. And so I was in a very, very dark, dark place. And it was to the point where I said, I can no longer try to keep hold of this control because it's killing me. Like literally, like I felt, I felt some kind of way. And as soon as I let go of the control. I did it through what's called a 40 day surrender fast. And so I surrendered control, which then allowed me the ability to just like calm my nervous system, mm. which then the calming of the nervous system allowed my mind and my ears to be open, right? Because I wasn't worried about all of the other stuff right. going on. Cause I was like, it's not in my control anymore. So like, I can't even, I'm not even thinking about it. Right. But it allowed the nervous system to just chill out and it allowed my mind and my ears and my heart to open. And that's when I started hearing the direction, right. That I needed to be going in. That's how it is. Ooh. Yeah. Right. But it's yeah. so hard to your point. It's so incredibly hard to get to that point because we think that if we, have this plan in place or we do and keep moving, just keep one foot in front of the other day. Like just keep going, get up every day, as long as you're moving forward. But I wasn't going anywhere. I thought I was. Yeah. You know, can I speak to, I feel like one of the things I learned is like when I keep moving forward, I keep, sometimes I keep making the same decisions because I haven't had a chance, right. To like slow down. And for me, I really got my first like big slowdown um, in 2018 when I, cause I had an, I've had an eating disorder and I started to recover from my eating disorder. Cause my body was like, girl, what is this? Mm. Like we can't go any further. And I'm, and I'm really thankful for my body. Like I'm really thankful that it'll, that it tells me what I need. And I'm trying to listen to her more now faster. Cause she speaks, she's like, yeah, girl, no. Right. Right. Yeah. That's what I desire and what I, um, 
what I subscribe to in terms of like needing to do this, needing to be producing, needed to like my body's like, girl, I don't subscribe to that. Let's yep. stop. Yep. I'm interested, you know? So that's something we're going through uh, right now. Uh, I, I, I mean, I love that. And it's so, um, it's just so in tuned with, I think where a lot of black women just are today, right? We're tired. Agreed. Agreed. We're Agreed. just at the point where collectively we are just like the enough is enough. And, and, you know, when are we going to start listening to our bodies? You know, the whole of rest is revolutionary. Yes, I'm reading that book right now. Rest is resistance. Yes. And, and I had, a I had another podcast guest, um, Chloe Lavueso and she, oh, yeah, no, Chloe. I love her book. Life yeah. uh -huh. mm -hmm. um, and she was talking about this idea of productivity. She was like, I, I hate that word, you know, like, or when people are like, have a productive week and she's like, or not <laughs> like, well, leave me alone. No. And it's also like, what if productivity looks different from, for me? You know what I mean? Like I made, um, I'm like, we made, we built some Legos yesterday and it was like, this is what I want. I think for me, like ambition looks different to be brave looks different. Like, like everything looks different for me in this day and age. And I'm, I'm so, so thankful for the space to explore these things. Like I don't take advantage of it. I'm very grateful for it. Yeah. Um, it, it's a, it's a beautiful place to be. And I, it's, it, it feels like you said lighter. It's, it's like a burden lifting place when you finally get to the mental, like it's a mental thing, right? It's a paradigm shift. When you finally get to that place where you're like, I don't need to subscribe to anybody else's idea of anything. Hello? Right. Like, for mine. That's what I, I, I try. Like, I, I just told myself yesterday, I'm like, God's design for me was like, and plan for me and the ideas that I had was before social media. So like sis, you, we don't have to worry about all the things that you're in taking because you still, you God had a plan for you no matter what. So got to tap into that. Like it's so like, I, this, it seems like with social media, social media is also one of those things where it's like our parents couldn't like give us a heads up. Like, yo, <laughs> this is what you do. This is what you don't do. So like, we really had to, we really had to figure it out on our own. And it's like, I do feel like a lot of us are like getting back to like, skirt not interested you know yes i'll post when i want to i'll do this when i want to like what do i want and then how do i create a life from that that's yeah. i know that's where i'm at for sure yeah. yeah um social media is one of the things that i opted out of mm, LinkedIn. okay because it's professional like for me linkedin is very different than scrolling mindlessly on instagram and seeing everybody's filtered, colorful, beautiful, wealthy, jet-setting life and all of these things and the pressure to have to, you know, have photos and video. Video content to me was the devil. I was like, I don't want to do this. Mm. I don't want to have to think about recording every little piece of my life to splice it together for a 30-second clip. Yeah, then thinking about yeah. what music I'm going to put to it and what caption, like it was, it was too much. And where I was a few months ago, I, DeAndre didn't have the capacity to think past getting up off the floor. Like I didn't. And social media was, I was like, it came off of all of my devices. It's a hard no for me. And, you know, for business, it's kind of like, I, 
maybe I need to get back on, but I really have no interest. And that see, that's the other hard part about like like being an entrepreneur in this day and age, because like it's I, I don't want to do this. It's not, but that's why I'm subscribing to like an artist, like being an artist first, because like that's what I feel more connected to. It's like I am going with the wind, I am flowing, I'll do what I have to do because I I I know I can. But in the meantime, like I'm not about to be just producing reels just for likes. Like I'm an artist. I'm not doing that because yeah. like that doesn't feel good to me. Not one bit. Never feels yeah. good to that's good for them, but not for I. But there's, it, to me, there's also no validation in that, right? Like your validation is, listen, boo, I've done stuff for the Oprah Winfrey Network. Mm -hmm. And yeah. right, like that's validation. It's not for likes. It's not for, you know, I don't need your likes to validate how good I am. Yeah, and, and ooh, it's, I love it because I love that like this, like even in, since this doc and since moving to LA, like it sent me on a very internal journey of like, I validate myself. Because even as, as an entrepreneur, it's like, I got to get validation from my clients. You know what I'm saying? And I've been in spaces where people have wanted to hire me mm -hmm. and then they'll be like, oh, you don't add value. And it's like, wait a minute, this is me as an artist. This is not like, this is not like, uh, you know, like one plus one equals two. This is art. This is a feeling. So to say that I don't have value, I had to really, whew, I've had to go on a journey, but there is, I, I love the name of your podcast because there really is a lot to be opted out from at this point. Thank you. So tell me what that journey, right, of self-validation looked like for you. I love that question. Um, I feel like it's it's been ongoing. I think that I had a turning point when I realized it started to affect, uh, like it was affecting my li like the, the life that I wanted for myself. Mm -hmm. Because um, for so long, I've wanted to sell a television show. And there's so many rules and structures and a box that it seems like there's a box you have to fit in in order to sell a show. And sometimes there is, sometimes there isn't. There's many different ways that people end up selling a show. Mm -hmm. And I found myself trying to fit into the box mm -hmm. versus um, versus like just doing it the way that I actually truly desired. You know, I had to really ask myself this year, why do you want to, why do you want to sell a show? Like, why do you want to? And I realized it's because I wanted more black women to see my work. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Girl, you can go find them right now. You don't mm. need you don't need a platform. You don't need a platform to do that. Now, whether or not he gifts that to me later on in life, I'm fine with that. But he was like, you don't have to wait. Mm -hmm. And so I this year have like focused on how do I build community? How do I reach black women on my own? Like mm -hmm. I'm spending all this time developing decks and finding talent to for, for them to maybe say yes even mm -hmm. though i believe it's a good idea and it's like okay this is i'm not interested in this i just want to get to the black women and, and guy was like you can get to them yes and, and i'm and i'm grateful for that so i feel like I, you know i had to really like unsubscribe mm -hmm. from what i've read as corporate validation mm -hmm. and, and subscribe to like my own desires and like what i want Cause there's no better feeling for me than like our conversation and black women seeing my film and black women interviewing black women for my film. Like yeah. if, if that's how I can spend my days and if that's how I can create the wealth for myself, I'll, I'll do it this way. You know? Yeah. 
Right. And so it's been a, it's been a journey. I'm still like working on that. Cause I still have some fears around what I'll do next, but mm -hmm. I know that God is always, he keeps pointing me away from everything else. Like I'll go look at this and he'll be like, girl, no. And I, and it's like, I start to feel small and then, but the guy's like, but look over here. Yep. This is what I want you to do. You know, yep. oh, yeah. I relate to that. Um, because when this idea popped in my head to do the podcast and, um, you know, I was like, okay, God, like, cool. I can, I can do that. Like, all right. But I was in a place where I was not happy with the work that I was doing anymore. Like I wanted something different. I wanted, you know, before I was working with women to kind of hone their personal brand and communications and all of that to kind of fit into and get elevated in the corporate world. And I was like, bumped at, like, I don't even like corporate America. Like it's mentally, financially, and emotionally abusive to black women. So why am I trying to, I don't, I don't want to do that. Mm, yeah, like, yeah. I want to help black women who are ready to just simplify life, right? Like, like just garden, and be, 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 just be, you know? Yeah. So I said, okay, I can do this podcast, God, like no problem. But then he said to me, and I also want you to take a six month sabbatical and write your book. Mm. Well, I'm sorry. <laughs> what you think about that? <laughs> Wait a minute. I was like, okay. That's beautiful. Wow. I, I was like, okay, God. But let's let's talk about this, please, because a sis was trying to find another job because I was thinking like I wanted to shift my business. So I was thinking in the interim, I needed a job to kind of close, you know what I mean, to bridge that gap and everything that I applied to. He was like, no, nope, you're qualified. You're overqualified. You're not going to get that job. Mm -hmm. nope. nope, nope. You're supposed to be writing your book like and I'm like, so what am I going to do for money? You're going to sell your house. What? Like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> and look at you, and you did it. And I did it. And it's, you know, it sold in three days. Ma'am, three days my house sold in. And I got chills. When I tell you that there, again, it was that release of control, it was calming my nervous system. It was opening up my mind and listening and then following, being obedient, right? And everything will has been falling into place. And when I tell you, I'm, I'm going to share this because this is just where we are in our conversation. And, and, and so, so for everybody who is listening, I just want to share this testimony with you. Pardon the interruption, as I hope you are enjoying this amazing episode of the Black Woman Opt-Out Podcast. This is just a friendly reminder to grab your opt-out swag and represent the Black Woman Opt-Out movement for Black women everywhere. From hoodies to t-shirts, hats, and mugs, the basics collection of the Black Woman Opt-Out is available now at theblackwomanoptout.com. And please, be sure to tag us when you post your amazing pics and our amazing swag. Now, back to the podcast. The house sold in three days. 
Then I started uh, looking for movers because I wanted to move out of state. Well, the first quote that I got, because originally I was gonna move into storage so I could stay with a friend for a little bit until I found the right spot, you know, or whatever, and then move out of storage. Well, the first quote that I got was $10,000. And I was like, who's doing that? Because I'm not moving across the country. I'm moving like two states over. The second quote that I got was for like $8,000. The third quote that I got was for $3,000. And I said, okay, I can do that. Like, I can do that. But here's the thing. I was still like, I'm, I'm like roughing it for money right now. I got to wait till the sale of the house till it closes. And then I'm going to have this windfall and, you know, then I'll be good. But things are still a little tight right now. Well, Deandra had not filed her 2022 taxes yet. And my tax attorney emailed me and she was like, uh, ma'am, right? Because life was lifing earlier this year. She was like, ma'am, taxes are due in like five days. What are you doing? And I was like, oh, crap. Okay. So I uploaded everything. And she gets it back to me within a few hours. And she was like, you're going to have to owe money, which was not a surprise. And I was like, fine, you know, whatever, just submit it. And then she's like, oh, well, when I was submitting it, something happened. She was like, well, you're getting a refund now. And I was like, well, praise God. Girl, guess how much the refund was for? How much? $200 more than that moving quote was for. So now my move is taken care of. Right? Right. Oh my goodness. I it's oh to be obedient is so courageous. It's so courageous, but it feels so good. And it's so rewarding. Yes. yes, and that's the opt-out. Like when you finally decide and make that decision that whatever you're doing is you already know it's not working. You feel it in your body, you feel you're tired, you feel it, you already know. When you make that decision to say enough is enough, I got to opt out. Yeah. And you stay obedient. It's so, thank you for sharing that. It was giving me chills because like, this is what life is about. Like, I'm just like, yo, I love this so much. Like, I love hearing the testimony of black women for what God has done for them because it's just like, Oh, I love him so much. Like that's so shout out. Congratulations. Thank you. I took care of that. Oh, we can't wait for the book. <laughs> for the book. Oh, I love it. I love it so much. And your testimony just reminds me of the, the thing that I want to do next. And it's like, you, you know, I think what, what's hardest for me about the thing I want to do next is like, nobody really like gets it or no, I won't say gets it, but nobody is doing this in my life and that's okay right everybody has their own journey but it's like sometimes i just want somebody that like is like yo it's guaranteed to be successful yeah right. that on my friends but but it, that's where the faith comes in because it's like girl you gotta just trust that it's gonna do what you needed to do you do and and if you weren't supposed to be the one to carry it out you wouldn't have gotten the idea you wouldn't have gotten the download absolutely oh and i'm i will say that i'm excited about it i'm just so nervous because it's like yeah. it's so crazy because it's like it's not what I planned for me mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. At, at all, right? Did you feel like that about percent? Oh, who's writing a book? I don't even like writing. Chat GPT, <laughs> like, what are we doing? It's like, sir, sir, like, what's the, what's the plan? What is happening here? What's the plan? That is not my ministry. Writing is not my ministry. Wow, at oh, all, man. 
but I'm going to do it. Beautiful. Congratulations. Thank you. And, and, you know, it's one of those things where like he's provided the money that I'm making from the sale of my house is going to carry me through the next year while I get this book together. It's how already that, out. How does that feel? It feels great on one hand. I'm not going to lie, right? Like selling my house has been bittersweet because this was the first home that I purchased. I purchased it for me and my son to give him stability. But my son is in California where his dad lives, right? So if this is my time now, so I'm an early uh, empty nester. Mm. On it. Um, my son is is 14, right? So like I didn't plan on it happening. So this house was supposed to be our home until he graduated, at least from high school, yeah. right? So so to hear you need to sell your house was a big deal for me, right? Like I was like, oof. So it's bittersweet, but knowing that at least for the next year, I don't have to worry about my my money, like my my housing will be paid up for an entire year. Not only that, but my car will be paid off. So I will have no car note. My debt, my credit cards that I've been racking up over these past couple of months while I was looking for a job, all of those will be paid for too. And then I will still have money to live off of. Like it's not a game. <laughs> it is not a game. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh God, it's so good. Thank you for sharing mm -hmm. that. I'm gonna take I gotta take me a walk after this after this podcast. Really just to soak it in because this is what life is about. Like it's so many like things of like all these rules and stuff like that that you hear on social and you but it's like yo, life is such an eternal journey. You cannot nobody can tell us what to do. It's so internal. No it's so internal. That's oh that's beautiful. Yeah, and you just you just walk it, right? Like you take it one day at a time. Um, also this year, so I have a new tattoo, I don't know if you can see it on my wrist. Where the, anyways, for those of you who can't see it, it says stand. That is my favorite gospel song by Donnie McClurkin, right? And the words are, after you've done all that you can, you just stand. And that to me is just so profound because how many times do we right? Do all the things, do the most. We're always trying. I, that's That was me, right? Like I said, I was a control freak, always just doing, doing, doing. But one of the other lessons that I learned is God wants you to do, like you got to work for some stuff, right? But yeah. once you've done everything in your power, you got to let it go, sis. You got to just stand in your faith and stand firm knowing that if it's yours, it will be. Mm. And this is my daily reminder, my daily reminder. If it's yours, it will be. That's beautiful. Yep. Just, I love it. Just stand. Yeah. Mm, that's good. That's good. So I, you know, I, 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 I love this journey that you're on in documenting Black women's stories and allowing us and holding space for us to just be, Right. To just be. Nothing else but be ourselves. It is so beautiful. So if you can tell folks 
where they can find your work, how to get in touch with you, and all of the good stuff that's coming. Yes. So um, I am, well, my company, Third and Wonder Production House, we are at thirdandwonderproductions.com. Um, that's our website. And then on Instagram, I am at The Real Diamond with an E at the end on Twitter as well. Um, my uh, business page is at Third and Wonder P-R-O-D, like short for production, but P-R-O-D. And I think it's best follow me and my business to understand, to see what's coming up next. Cause we have our documentary right now. We're doing screenings virtual and in person, but it will be distributed um, either later this year or at the top of next year. But either way, by following me, you know, you'll be up to date on it. So thank you. Uh, so wonderful. Any last words for our, our women today? Yes. Oof. Um. Mm, I, I have like, I'm like looking at my sticky notes. There's so many things. Um, ooh, I can recommend, can I share some books that I love? Please. I'm, I'm a book girl. So I, I if, if, if anyone is on like this very internal journey or is like seeking answers or trying to figure out like what to do next, what to do differently or what to opt out of, right? Like I want to encourage you to read. Um, I have a few books that I really love. Inward, it's a poetry book by Young Pueblo. It's really, really, really beautiful. Um, Renaissance of Our Own um, is such a good book. The name of the author is slipping my mind right now, but Renaissance of Our Own, it just came out uh, this mm -hmm. year. I just read Homecoming by Dr. Tama. I mean, really beautiful book about coming home to ourselves. And currently I'm reading Rest is Resistance um, by Trisha Hershey. And it's, an, it's a, I mean, it's like, like we have permission to rest. Like we, our bodies are not owned by anyone but ourselves. Like, and we, like, we didn't, we don't earn rest. Mm -hmm. We get rest because we're human. And so it's just so, those books, I'm a book girl. Yeah, like, I can't wait to have my own library in my apartment, in my home. So yeah. That's, yes. that's what I would leave women with is the books. Fantastic. Diamond, I've thoroughly enjoyed our conversation today. I mean, chills on the brink of tears sometimes. This has been so great. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing your story, for creating this space and for following your following your destiny. Like we can't wait to see, we can't wait to read the book. All right. Thank you so much, folks. That is it for another episode of the Black Woman Opt Out. Until next time, I am your host, Deandra Coleman. Peace and love. Hey, Deandra Coleman here. Thank you again for listening to this episode of the Black Woman Opt Out podcast. I want to encourage you or someone that you know to apply to be a guest if you are interested in sharing your opt out journey. We are always looking for Black women who are ready to amplify their voice and engage in meaningful dialogues that destigmatize opting out, promoting mental health, self-discovery, and challenging societal expectations. Contact us at theblackwomenoptout.com, scroll down to be a guest, and fill out the application there. <laughs>